From WGVU, this is Focus West Michigan for Tuesday, February 13, 2024. I'm Joe Balecki. For our main feature today, Patrick Center learns about how some Rockford High School students are competing with AI over snow day predictions. Also, GRPS is looking to build a new school. Michigan's right to work law gets repealed this week and more state and West Michigan news. Focus West Michigan is brought to you by listeners like you. To support this show and everything we do here, visit wgvunews.org and click the donate button. Leadership at Grand Rapids Public Schools have announced a recommendation for building a new elementary school. WGVU's David Limbaugh has details on where that school would be built. Aberdeen Academy and Palmer Elementary Schools are slated to close in 2027. There's now a plan to replace them with a new state-of-the-art school on the Aberdeen Academy site that fall. Back in November, a recommendation was made to replace North Park Elementary, but stakeholders expressed concern a new school there is too far north. This revised plan is a direct result of that feedback. An analysis by GRPS of the 95-year-old Aberdeen building concluded that renovation costs would exceed 80% of the cost of building a new school. A separate analysis considered birth rate data from the Kent County Health Department, as well as current student addresses, which helped in deciding on the Aberdeen location for the new school. Funding for construction of the new school would come from the voter-approved bond passed in November. It would also mark the first new school to be built in Grand Rapids' northeast side since 1965. The Board of Education is expected to vote on the proposal in March. In-person public feedback is welcome February 21st at 3.45 p.m. at Palmer Elementary and February 27th at 6.30 p.m. at Aberdeen Academy. You can also find an online feedback form at grps.org. I'm David Limbaugh. This week, the repeal of Michigan's right-to-work law takes effect. More than a decade ago, Republican lawmakers passed the controversial law to prevent employees from being forced to join or financially support a labor union as a condition of employment. Democratic lawmakers voted to repeal the law last year. Jim Holcomb is the president of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. He does not expect repealing right to work will hurt Michigan's economy. One policy decision is not going to derail Michigan's economy. We just have to be vigilant to make sure we keep working to make Michigan stronger for everyone. The president of the Michigan AFL-CIO says right to work was intended to weaken the labor union movement. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. campaigned in Grand Rapids this past weekend. The independent presidential candidate is working to collect enough signatures to get his name on Michigan's November ballot. WGVU's Patrick Center has the story. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. spoke to voters at Grand Rapids St. Cecilia Music Center. The independent presidential candidate spoke for nearly 40 minutes. He asked that voters have an open mind and expressed his belief in debating the issues. As a litigator, he says Americans are being poisoned by environmental toxins. If elected president, he would focus on protecting people from harmful chemicals. C-SPAN streamed the event. On domestic issues, the 70-year-old expressed he would reign in the growing national debt. Somebody is going to pay for our joyride. And who is it? It's our kids. We've completely and utterly betrayed this generation of kids. You know, we've, we, we've, we've, we've loaded all of our problems onto them. Kennedy added the high cost of homes and high interest rates is making the dream of home ownership a challenge for young Americans. On the international stage, RFK Jr.'s foreign agenda is centered on keeping the United States out of wars by projecting economic power rather than military power. I'm Patrick Center. 
against the backdrop of the anniversary of the Michigan State University shooting and the trials of the Oxford High School shooter's parents, a new class of police officers just graduated from a school liaison training program called TEAM. WGVU's D. Morrison explains how it focuses on building relationships and educating students to stop trouble before it starts. TEAM is an acronym for Teaching, Educating, and Mentoring. Run by the Michigan State Police, it teaches officers a curriculum they will in turn teach in schools on how children can protect themselves from crime. From kindergartner, 911, how to use it, why you use it, to even in high school, that dating is no place for violence. Deal with all the bullying, all the social media, all kinds of topics. Sergeant Martin Miller runs the team program and says it's being constantly updated to address new aspects of topics such as vaping or cyberbullying. Flexibility is key. Officers can focus on just one topic if it's an issue in an individual classroom or school. Life in Calumet is probably a whole lot different than it is in Detroit. So the you run into different problems or different concerns. Deputy Everardo Pedroza Jr. is a school resource officer for the West Ottawa Public Schools. He just finished the program. For him, the biggest benefit was learning how to speak specifically to students. It is okay to get out of my comfort level. It's okay to joke around. It's okay to laugh with these students, hand stickers out. As simple as giving a student a hug who's going through a really, really hard time. Pedroza looks forward to engaging with students in a new way, building bonds, and being a role model they can talk to. Team school has definitely switched the gears on way of thinking, and it's all positive. I'm Dee Morrison. Sexual assault survivors in Michigan would have the right to have a support person and a lawyer present during any investigation interviews under legislation heard in a state house committee today. The bill would also give survivors the right to a counselor and attorney during the administration of an evidence kit. Emily Meinke is a survivor of abuse by former athletics doctor Larry Nasser. She says her attorney helped give her comfort during that investigation. He provided me with a sense of calm and confidence and helped me think clearly when my emotions were all over the place fluctuating between anger, sadness, shame, worry, and more. Survivors deserve this confidence throughout every single step of the investigation process. Another bill heard in committee today would give survivors free access to a hospital shower after undergoing an evidence kit if a shower is available. The Lansing City Council is supporting a ceasefire in Gaza and Israel. The city passed a resolution last night following a weeks-long campaign by concerned citizens and the city's Committee on Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. The group approved the measure unanimously. Council member Trini Lopez-Paley-Vonaglu explained the document before the vote. This resolution denounces Islamophobia and anti-Semitism, anti-Palestinian bigotry, and anti-Israeli bigotry. It states that the city of Lansing stands on the side of human rights peace, and justice. Lansing joins other cities in the state like Detroit and Dearborn in calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Neighboring East Lansing rejected a resolution last month that labeled Israel's military campaign a, quote, war crime. You can support NPR in West Michigan by donating your unused car to WGVU. Learn how your clunker can support the public radio programming you love at WGVU.org car. Snow is back in the forecast this week. Will it be enough for area school districts to call for a snow day? At Rockford High School, there's a competition some students play called the Snow Day Prediction Game. They're competing with an artificial intelligence program predicting the likelihood district leaders will call for a snow day. WGVU's Patrick Center spoke with Ben Talsma, a learning solutions specialist at Van Andel Institute, about the educational value and origins of the competition. 
That's a great question. It comes from two different places, really. Um, I had a friend, actually, who was a teacher at Holland Christian who did a snow day fun game where he'd publish a uh, prediction based on a couple of different factors and publish that on social media. He actually passed away a, a couple of years ago, and I, I wanted to continue it. You know, I, I thought of him every time that the snow was falling, and I wanted to continue that legacy, and so I picked that mantle up and started to incorporate people from uh, my school community. I was a teacher up in Big Rapids. And so we would play the snow day prediction game where people would all try and evaluate an incoming storm on the basis of its impact and its hype in the media, its timing when it was going to strike, and then also some intangibles. And then we'd use that to figure out what the likelihood of a, a snow day was, just trying to you know have a fun time with it. It's obviously something that a lot of people are paying attention to, and we wanted to integrate a little bit of, of mathematics as well. So I've been doing that for years. When I started working at the Van Andel Institute here, we decided to turn that into a resource that teachers anywhere across the country can use, although it's probably more useful up in the, the northern states. So we pushed that out, and uh, schools have been using that around the country with their communities just to try and you know get kids interested in what predictions and models look like and then applying that to something that they're interested in. So that's kind of where we were coming from. And then I saw this news story about a parent of a Rockford family who was also a computer programmer and who had developed an artificial intelligence-based algorithm that used ChatGPT, used some previous statements from Rockford's superintendent about school closings, and used weather data and then synthesized that to make its own prediction. And so given the degree of interest in artificial intelligence these days, I reached out to him and asked if he'd be interested in maybe doing some sort of a contest. And then we reached out to Rockford schools where his kids go and decided that we would do this with their stats class. So we've been in collaboration with them to get this contest up where their stats students serve as representatives of humanity, and they are competing against the machine, the AI algorithm called Blizzard. When did you put all of this into action? So this contest started this school year. Obviously, it was not a very snowy December, so we didn't have many opportunities to fire it up and put it to use. But now that we are back to school after the break, obviously, the snow has picked up pretty significantly. So we have run the contest a total of three times. And so we're just starting to collect data on whether the human-driven model or the AI model is superior. Right now, it's neck and neck. The first couple of days, there's pretty good agreement. The first one was zero for both, and we didn't have a snow day. The second one was like the kids said 50%, the AI said 70, and we had a snow day. And the next one, the kids said 73, and the AI said 60, and we had a snow day. So it's they've been pretty consistent, pretty close. AI is ahead by just a little bit, but I think it's not a statistically significant difference, although the students at Rockford will definitely be investigating that. What data does the human element in the competition use and what is AI using to run its model? Yep. So the human algorithm is using a subjective evaluation from a large group of people. All of those people are trying to guess the average, the average of every guess. So they're incentivized to try and think about what other people are thinking. And so they're making an evaluation based on the storm's impact. So they give it a rating from one to nine on the basis of its impact, with nine being the most likely to cause a snow day. So they evaluate impact. They evaluate hype, how much people are talking about this out there in the community. They evaluate it based on its timing. And then they also have a category for intangibles. 
and then we add those scores up, the averages in each category, and we use previous data to say, based on this score, this is the percent chance of snow day. So we're using the impact, the hype, the timing, and other considerations as people want to evaluate them. The AI algorithm, as I understand it, is using basically two data points. It's using the previous statements from Rockford Superintendent about school closings and what causes them. And then it's also using the weather data. And it's matching that weather data to those statements and saying, okay, based on the conditions that are forecast, what's the likelihood that that storm causes a snow day? Are you enjoying this? I am having a great time with it. So we've got a Facebook page, an Instagram page, um, just kind of figuring out how to get those to work really effectively to communicate this in a a fun way to the community. And uh, from what I hear from the teachers, the kids are enjoying it as well. One of the teachers said it was all they could talk about today. Um, But, you know, it's, it's not just entertaining. It's also educational. So I think that they're appreciating that opportunity to find that intersection between something kids are really uh, interested in and also some some really intriguing um, statistics and some intriguing conversations around human intelligence and and artificial intelligence. Just thinking about uh, finding these cool intersections between what kids are interested in and what they need to know. You know, that's kind of the the definition of relevance. And so our our mission in supporting teachers is to kind of help uh, them to find those creative, innovative ways to reach their students. And and this is a cool example. I'm super excited about how well it's going so far. If people want to track us down, I should mention that. They can find us. It's Humans versus the Machine Rockford, both on Facebook and on Instagram. So if people want to see how the contest is progressing, if they want to see what the predictions are like for a particular day, I think that'd be a great way for them to keep tabs on the competition. And find out the exciting conclusion to whether um, AI is superior to human intelligence or not. Ben Tulsma, Learning Solutions Specialist at Van Andel Institute. Thank you so much. This has been Focus West Michigan from WGVU for Tuesday, February 13, 2024. I'm Joe Balecki. Our audio operations manager is Rick Beerling, and our news and public affairs director is Patrick Center. We'll be back with more news and events in West Michigan tomorrow, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.